Hello and welcome to the Wizards of Drivel podcast. My name is David Cowlishaw and I'm joined by Chris Brammer. Why? Hello. It's the end of the season. It's all done. I'm so happy about this. It's over. It's done. It's finished. It's dead. It's an X season. Tony Lloyd, <laughs> you're also here. How are you oi, doing? Oi. Um, yeah, same. It's done. It's finished. Next season's exciting. This season is finished. <laughs> yep, that's it from us. Thank you very much for listening. See you later. <laughs> or we can't go out with no content, can we? Uh, we'll discuss Stoke City 2, Sheffield United 2. Lads, uh, a rare draw for the Potters, but a <laughs> enjoyable one. And is it a sign, Chris, that green things are growing? <laughs> In the Nathan Jones garden. Yes, let's say yes. I feel that it was a game that I really, really did enjoy. I thought that um, for the first half, especially, I know that the caveat is that Sheffield United probably weren't playing at their best, but I thought we looked really, really good in the first half. Um, and as I said to you in the second half, if if this is how good we, we look when... You know, we don't have the full-backs who suit the system and there are players who are clearly not going to be around. Um, uh, I wonder how good we'll look when we've got players in who Nathan Jones has 100% faith in. Um, but there was there was a lot, a lot to be happy about yesterday. I thought we looked relatively comfortable on the ball. I thought that our circulation of the ball was very, was very decent. Um, and apart from a, the, some some moments of high pressure in the second half, and obviously their two goals, it was weird that I didn't feel Sheffield United really. I didn't feel like Stoke were under the cosh for for the game. I thought the moments where the goals came, yeah, you could tell that goals were going to come, but it didn't. It, it wasn't one of those games like when we've played. I don't know teams much better than ourselves, where it's. We're, we're backs to the walls, defending, defending. It, it definitely felt like a very even game, even if Sheffield United had been partying for the entire week. So maybe that's it. Maybe we're on uh, on on uh, par with a team who's hungover. But I, I, I certainly, I certainly in, really did enjoy the game. I think there's a there's a lot there to work with. Um, you know, no one is saying that it's a that it's perfect. I know. Nathan Jones's comments after the the match where he said that he wants the players who he started with today to be a part of the squad for next season and people took that as oh well, well nothing's ever going to change then if you're wanting to keep all these players but you know on the whole I think that the players who started yesterday with the exception of maybe Bauer and Bauer is my main one I think that all of those players are players who can be who can improve under Nathan Jones. I think you can see that in the improvement that some of these players have already made. I think Shawcross has been so much better with Bart at the side of him. Um, I think that um, Peter Atebo has been superb and I'll be really sad if we get rid of him. The only one that, yeah, as I say, stands out for me is, is Bauer and that's because he's just... And again, I said this to you, Dave. He is he is the professional footballer version of a Labrador in that he just runs around and he don't, I don't really think he knows what he's doing, but but he he's so happy about doing it and just running about. You you throw a stick for him, he'll bring it to you. 
he's lovely like that is Moritz um green shoots I think they're they're in their infancy but yeah if they're cultivated the right way through the summer if people put the right amount of plant grower on them mm. things will get better certainly I am I am a fan of plant grower um I thought uh, looking at the starting 11 before kickoff that been reflective and all that. I thought this isn't a 16th place team in anyone's book. What's what's happening that this team is 16th in the championship? And I know that more so than the management, the players have copped the most flack for either being kind of disinterested or just not being good enough. And despite the obvious weaknesses in the side, I thought, well, this team has enough quality in it to be doing a lot better than it is. And whether that's kind of a fault with Nathan Jones for not getting the turnaround we wanted or a fault with Gary Rowett in the first place, obviously something has gone wrong here. I very much liken it to the film Spy Kids 3D, which I'm sure was at the (laughs) forefront of all our minds here. Now, just looking through the cast of Spy Kids 3D, we've got Antonio Banderas, Sylvester Stallone, George Clooney, Alan Cumming, Steve Buscemi, Selma Hayek, Bill Paxton and Elijah Wood. Now, what went wrong there? That all those mm. decent to solid actors couldn't produce anything anywhere near the sum of their parts. Is it the directors? Is it the writing? I'll leave. I'll leave that up to you. And by all means, get in touch with your Spy Kids opinions. But we've somewhat sidetracked Tony. Uh, looking at the Sheffield United players, collapse to the floor. I did wonder, oh, are they really that? Got it to miss out on the title, and then I realised, oh no, they're all drunk. But what lessons can we learn from <laughs> Norwich and Sheffield United uh, this season? Because they're two very different sides, and yet they're two very uh, two sides who very much deserved their respective promotion. So, what are you uh, what are you looking at in those teams? I think they are. I think both both those teams have taken a manager and then stuck with that manager and given them time to implement a process. <laughs> um, and it's it's obviously paid off. It's taken. I think when Wilder came in at Sheffield United, it didn't take that long, did it? Because they were in the third tier then, and then mm. they came up. But it's, obviously, it's taken Norwich a bit longer. But it's they've just worked and worked and got the players in and got the system in, and it's all just come together like a good film with Steve Buscemi, Fargo or something. Um, Connor. Yeah. Connor. No, no, good film. Oh, do it! Oh, if he's going to slag off Conair, he's not coming back on this. Yeah, right. Oh, come man. on, come put on. that opinion back in the box. Back. Let's carry on. <laughs> I was building up to that joke, but all right. Um, <laughs> it, it was going to be quite long-winded and not worth the effort. <laughs> Much like this podcast, but carry on <laughs> like this season. Um, but yeah, I mean, he's going to get his own players in. He's obviously already got rid of three. This the end of this season. I mean, like Chris said, we we played well yesterday. Uh, it was yesterday, wasn't it? Feels like yeah. a different day, but yeah. Um, you you could see we've seen. I think over the course since Jones came in, we've had little flashes of mm-hmm. really good play. I think even the first game at Brentford, I think it was. Um, there was fifteen minutes where you could just sort of see something we hadn't seen all season where there was some cohesion in midfield um, <coughs> excuse me so there's 
definitely green things in the offing, whether they're still in the packet or whether they're lurking, waiting to sprout out of the ground isn't clear yet. Um, but the next eight weeks or whatever it is, because we've got an early transfer window somehow for the championship. Yeah, the uh, transfer window's kind of already started. We haven't had any time to breathe at all when uh, players are already been talked about uh, coming in. We already know uh, Charlie Adam uh, made a farewell appearance yesterday, very much resembling uh, a fan who'd won a competition in look and performance. I thought, <laughs> I thought it was it was fitting that his uh, five-minute cameo was maddeningly chaotic. A couple of really nice balls. Uh, a near <laughs> attempted murder on a Sheffield United player, a completely <laughs> miss hit corner, just pure Adam, pure unadulterated Charlie. Yes. Uh, Darren Fletcher and Stoke legend Jakob Haugard also following Charlie Adam out the door. Uh, any, and now the kind of biggest thing of the transfer window is how are we going to get rid of so many players, most of whom are out on loan, and some of whom who we'll probably have no choice in leaving, uh, Jack Butland and Joe Allen, and possibly Peter Atebo being kind of main targets for opposition teams this summer. Chris, like, how how big is this squad surgery going to be? Because uh, you said at the start, like, Jones does want to keep most of this eleven about, but how many do we see coming in and out? Because at the moment, I just can't call it. Well, that I think that's just it. It's It's very, very very difficult to to imagine the the lengths to which it will go i think the the one thing that an air of caution needs to be that if there is a if you if you as a fan have an expectation for everything to be solved in one window and then bang on the first day of the season we're suddenly this um magic football team i think you're going to be you're going to find yourself disappointed this is this is um, evolution, not not revolution. It's going to be a slow building process. Um, I think I saw a tweet today saying that realistically, you know, this team could finish mid-table next season, and Nathan Jones probably would still deserve to keep his job because you cannot guarantee that half the players that people probably want off the off the books are going to go. I mean, we. In in our in our anger of this season, we went through a list of the players who we thought that we we want to get rid of them, um, and it was mostly most of the team. Now that's just that's just not realistic. We need a feasible feasible like squad number to start with. Um, I think the players who have left on free contracts, um, I think rather like those players who've had these conversations to say. Uh, we're not going to renew your contract. I think there'll be some players who've been told we're going to look to try and move you on. Um, but I think it will rely a lot on the asking price. Uh, we said this yesterday after the game that I don't, I don't realistically know what we're going to be asking for price wise. Take take Juve for example, who I think most people would assume is a player who isn't hasn't got a future at the club. How much are we going to be asking for for him? Because I, I don't know who's who's going to who's going to buy him. None of these players have really put themselves in a shop window with the exceptions of Atebo um who 
<laughs> I don't want him to leave. So, it, 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 yeah, I think ideally they would like to get a good six or seven players out the door. Um, I mean, he he also, Nathan Jones also wants to trim down the squad as well. I mean, if you if we assume the the areas that we I don't know if we're going to talk about it in a bit, but the areas we would want to strengthen in the squad, I think, um, I think that there is there is the semblance there of a solid squad to build on with better players. Um, but realistically, I don't see us doing like massive, massive we'll kick out all the players out and get a whole new starting eleven. That's not going to happen. It's going to be much more. It's going to be much more slower, and people will need to be patient. Yeah, I agree. Um, I think there's like definitely some players who maybe a few months ago we'd have been very kind of, uh, oh yeah, get rid of him, don't need him, he, he's rubbish kind of thing. And now I'm a bit more kind of like, well, there's actually quite a lot of players on this list. So, so to start adding some of the players who we've had in the first team or been in the starting 11 these past few weeks or so, it seems a bit kind of... Uh, overly optimistic I'd say I'd say like someone like James McLean for example a few fans would have had him on their oh get rid of him list but actually when we look at the players out on loan or uh, needing to be got rid of already even except him for the three who've already gone we've got uh, Cameron out on loan is he is he out on loan he didn't move permanently did he um no, yeah. Sure it was Eric lying. Peters, yeah. Imbula, and Dai. Uh, Saido Berahino can't stay. Uh, Juf, as you say, will probably look to be moved on. So that's a list of uh, six right there, just off the top of my head. Uh, and we've got, as I said, the three out of contract. Um, and there's and there are just players like like Bojan, for example, who I think we all kind of expect to leave now. So we're we're, to, we're talking probably. I'd say, I'd say a minimum of ten will probably leave, um, and that's. You'd think some of it would be driven externally as well, because he might get offers for players that he hasn't yeah. fully made his mind up on. He might get an offer for somebody where he's like, "Oh, I'll keep them," and then he gets an offer that's quite good, and he thinks, "Well, actually, I can probably get somebody to replace it better." So, some of it's going to be out of our control. Yeah. Um, would you like a piece of transfer gossip? Yes. Yes. I. I don't think this is privileged information, but uh, I'll keep the identity of my source secret. Um, uh, a friend of mine met Paul Ince in the uh, at the Bet Three Six Five Stadium today. He's too old, sorry. <laughs> uh, and he he asked if uh, Tom was sticking around next season. And apparently, I have no reason to doubt my source, but make of this what you will. Uh, Paul Ince said, I'll, I'll make sure that the quote is accurate. Um, well, he will if the manager doesn't persist with this stupid diamond formation. Um, now, I don't, I, now, get, I, I don't like out, Paul, Ince. Paul Ince much as a manager. Uh, I think he's a bit of a shit pundit and he can keep his opinions on Nathan Jones. Uh, but if Tom Ince fucks off, would that be such a bad thing? Based on yesterday, I know he got the assist for Shawcross, but it's, it seems strange to me that the best number 10 at the club showed it yet again, and and he's obviously going, whereas Tom Ince has been pony for the best part <laughs> of four or five months now, and I just I would not shed a tear if 
someone was to take Tom Ince away from us. I think he's kind of a, a luxury we can't afford. And uh, the the kind of truth in that statement from mm-hmm. Paul Ince is like, yeah, he doesn't fit the system. So that's what that's probably more why he thinks it's stupid yep. is because Tom Ince doesn't really have a proper role in it, and he's been shoehorned in at ten where he doesn't really work. <laughs> so yeah, so there's your little tra- uh, transfer nugget. Uh, one question I did have, uh, one interesting inclusion in the starting eleven yesterday was Ryan Woods. Uh, any somewhat someone on Twitter asks, "What the fuck happened to Ryan Woods?" Um, so yeah, back for the first time in ages, he seemed to be and again another one on that list of on the scrap heap. But uh, he starts yesterday either as a shop window job or as a maybe he could be part of the Nathan Jones team. Uh, kind of selection but Tony what did you make of Woods' performance and do you see him being part of Nathan Jones's team next season I hope so I think he played quite well um, especially considering he's obviously a bit rusty and hasn't played for ages um, I know when, it, when he first came in he looked exactly what we've wanted for ages and then he just disappeared down a hole um, but I really, I really like the way he, he was telling everyone where to be and shouting at people mostly it seemed in a constructive manner um, but it, it reminded me of when Hooth came on for his debut in the second half of whatever game that was a long time ago and he just suddenly he just came on the pitch and started organising people and telling them where to be and I think it Woods reminded me of that yesterday so I definitely like him I, well I certainly wouldn't be upset if he stayed I didn't have him on my shit list anyway but um, yeah I hope so yeah, I think part of the thing with Woods is he always gets criticised for uh, being sideways passing, not really that inventive. Um, I think that there was one chance yesterday where he did play a, a quite good line-breaking forward pass. But um, I think Jones will like that. Jones will like uh, Woods' use of the ball uh, as and when he gets his proper full-backs in place. So once we don't have Bauer and uh, Martin Zindi as our fullbacks, And when we have the the quick, young, dynamic players he wants, that, that passing to the side business will be a hell of a lot more useful. Um, I'd kind of uh, probably... I'd maybe disagree with your point about uh, Bauer being a, a Labrador. I think he's more of a dis- disobedient uh, porcupine, to be honest. <laughs> Uh, I mean, the hair looks nice and everything, but what does he actually do apart from kind of be slightly in the way? I mean, there was a point where Tom Ince was like gesticulating for him to run down the line. Again, he he might have been knackered, but like when Tom Ince is digging you out for not not busting a gut, I think you're kind of in a bit of trouble there. Mm -hmm. Well, this was this was the thing I think, and we noticed it yesterday. Is that Bauer when he doesn't have the ball is really bloody quick, and he he does get into that. Well, no, he doesn't get into that space. Sometimes he gets into space. Sometimes he's, like, really frustrating and doesn't. But when he has the ball, he doesn't seem to... And obviously, you can't have the same amount of pace because you're controlling the ball. But he, he doesn't have the same burst forward getting past a, back, uh, past a man. And and to go back to your point on Ryan Woods, I, I completely agree. Um, I know the little lad who was stood in front of us hmm. for the game, Dave... Uh, didn't rate Ryan Woods at all and, and made it made a few funny comments that got a few laughs around us. But I, I I genuinely think that Ryan Woods' role and that holding midfielder role in general in the team is 
is underappreciated and people are always getting annoyed because the ball comes to him and it's, oh, he's not looking forward, he's not looking to pass it forward. That's not his job. His job is to be constantly available for the full-backs to pass back inside to... He's the person who can dictate play. When attacking phases break down, it's supposed to come back to him and he holds the ball up. Um, now, when the full-backs get into positions, it's his job to get the ball out to them into a good attacking position. But apart from that... It's not his role to be looking to feed the ball through to other players. That's the job of Atebo and Allen, who are the midfielders bombing forward. As, as far as I'm concerned, Ryan Wood just doing small passes, like holding up the ball, that's fine because that's possession. And possession isn't a bad thing. Is he the Glenn Whelan upgrade we've been after for however many years then? I think he's a little bit... He, see... I don't think he's got the same level of. He's not as tenacious. Strength. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like there was a few, there was a few occasions yesterday where he was pushed off the ball, and I don't think you would have found that with Glenn Whelan, especially not in Glenn Whelan's earlier seasons with us. Um, I think Ryan Woods, if he's going to play that role, and especially in a diamond where you are also covering for the fact that the centre backs are bombing forward, you need to be available to cover your two centre-backs while the full-backs have gone up um, he needs to be a little bit stronger um, to be able to win the ball back or, or keep hold of the ball um, but yeah he's he's a young player and if that is his defined role then hopefully that's something he'll work on yeah I think central midfield is going to be a really kind of interesting position as to to what we do with it because I think uh, every position could be up for grabs that, that position at the base of the diamond Okay, Woods maybe could do it, and I'd love Ryan Woods to be able to do it because I think we saw when he first arrived under Rout, he's a really classy footballer at times, and I think we we could do with that. And uh, if he can turn it around, that'd be great. And there's rumours about, or there's talk of Allen and Atebo both leaving or both being transfer targets for other teams. And if we keep Atebo, that would be magnificent. I'd just more than any other player, I think we we're all agreed that Atebo would be the one. Uh, we'd kind of lock in the Bet365 stadium and not allow out. But those two positions that Alan and Atebo occupy now could be up for grabs. And like I said before, there's, there's, uh, there is one number 10 at the club and he looks like he's on his way out. So what we do there is going to be really interesting. Could Sam Klukas uh, maybe possibly redeem himself and, and come back into the side? Um and like, what players will we sign in that position? Because I think if it is Woods at the base, we'll need like the agility or uh, kind of Duracell bunnyish nature of someone like Joe Allen to like run up and down and make recovery runs and uh, kind of do some of that, uh, do some of those doggies, if you like. Um, uh, some transfer window stuff. Uh, like, like I say, this the season's barely over, and yet we've already kind of be linked to players uh, Nick Powell was one yesterday Wigan uh, a proper number 10 I think uh, don't know too much about him but he seems to be a proper number 10 uh, out of contract with Wigan and Lee Gregory uh, today Alan reluctant Nico Nixon linking us with uh, soon to be out of contract Millwall forward uh, not a great scoring record but definitely well liked by the by the Millwall uh, fans no. Um, but it, but it's interesting, isn't it, Tony, that this is kind of dictating how we're possibly going to be going in the transfer market now. Two players ending their 
times at lower championship clubs. Neither of them, neither of them big names. I know Nick Powell's got a bit of maybe had a bit of hype in the past, but uh, kind of a, a shift in direction from spending ten million pounds on Paul Ince's son <laughs> or Kevin Vimmer. <laughs> So I, for one, welcome our new cheap overlords. Um, Pal's from Crew, isn't he, I think, originally, and then went to Man U. So he's, I, d- I don't know enough about him, but certainly he's well thought of there. And like you say, Gregory, certainly the Millwall uh, Twitter are, are definitely big fans of his. I mean, I th- is he 30? I think, I think so. I think he's uh, pushing it. Uh, so, yeah, he is thirty. Like yeah. Okay. So he's not. Obviously, you see something in him. I'm not really sure what striker doesn't feel like a position we need to strengthen that much, on the basis that Vokes seems to be doing what he's supposed to do, and we've got Campbell coming back. We seem to have a lot of strikers again. Possibly. Um, like I said, Juve Juve probably go in. Uh, if your strikers are mm. a Fobe, Vokes, Gregory and Campbell, you've maybe got a bit more mm. room to work with. Especially now we're going to be going to a two-striker system, you'd assume that there's maybe more opportunities yeah, for your backup strikers to get involved. Uh, so, pretty interesting one there. I also uh, want your guys' opinions on uh, the Begovic, Butland, Bournemouth uh, business. I mean, I'm... I'm all right with it. If we, we all assume Butland's going to go at some point, um, and I think as much as a commanding fee would be great, uh, I don't know if Butland has done too much this season to 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 warrant team spending like record fees on on a goalkeeper, um, and we'd have to get a replacement in anyway. And, and Begovic is competent. Um, I I liked him and still do, and and I think whilst he's he's what past thirty now, that doesn't really matter too much for keepers. I think him dropping down a level is is going to be going to be good for for Begovic. I'm I'm all right with it, if honest. Um, I'd rather we it, it, say say we got big money for for Butland. Clubs are going to charge us an arm and a leg for a replacement keeper because they know we've got the funds. So I'd rather we get a keeper in. Hit, um, and get a little bit for Butland, as, and then it's a position that's sorted, isn't it? And we don't have to pay over the odds for a, a mm. decent keeper. I also mm. think having a spectacular keeper in the Championship may be not that essential compared to other positions. Obviously, if you've got a Premier League standard keeper, great. But if you can get someone who will do a job uh, for a lot less money than... You know, it's it's definitely worth considering. Okay, a uh, quick update on SCFC ladies. They've finished their season now uh, alongside the men. They ended with a three-one defeat at AFC Fylde, uh, unfortunately, but uh, a decent campaign for SCFC, SCFC ladies who uh, finished mid-table in the league. But they also won eight-one in the Staffordshire Cup with Hannah Kayakopoulos. Sorry if I've got that wrong. Uh, scoring seven goals in an 8-1 victory over Sporting Calsa. I uh, hope I've got that right as well. Um, but yeah, well, well done to FC, FC ladies. It's been a fun kind of 
keeping an eye on their progress a lot more, especially given how uh, I've not enjoyed many aspects of the men's season. Uh, but yeah, uh, great stuff. And uh, the reserves won their league as well, so uh, a lot to be positive about. Um, the new kits were uh, on display, the new home shirt anyway, yesterday's game. Uh, I know some people kind of turn their noses up at talk of new kits and all the rest of it, but, but what do we make of uh, the latest efforts from Macron? I really like the black one. And when I first saw it, I thought, oh, that looks a bit weird, and that red text is going to take a lot of getting used to. Oh, I'll look at the home shirt. Oh, that's quite nice. I'm going to look back at the away shirt, and I was like, okay, I've got used to it already. That's really, I really like that. <laughs> and the um, training kit looks good with it as well. There's, yeah. there's a lot of black and grey, which, as a young goth from the 90s, I absolutely am here for. <laughs> yeah, I, I really, I, I like the home kit, like the home kit a lot, and uh, the away kit. As a, if, if you want to win my affection with a kit, if you change the badge colour to match whatever the kit style is, that's a winner for me. Um, and so the fact that we've got a nice, like, red fully red badges is is lovely um and nathan jones looked wonderful didn't he in the training oh, kit he? but um no it's a nice kit it's a nice kit i won't be probably buying it until this time next year when it is for 10 pounds because mm-hmm. he i don't know but it's like it's nice and if you like it you should go buy it Oh, Ooh, red goalkeeper top as well yeah that's oh, a bit yeah. strange red away goalkeeper tops ace i i'm not you see i'm not really a like goalkeeper cops, the uh, cops, goalkeeper cops <laughs> That's, are always a little. <laughs> new TV show, <laughs> goalkeeper cops. Goalkeeper cops. I love oh, it. that'd be so Channel good. Channel five. I don't think. I think we've we've referred to like Jack Butland as a cop before as well, haven't we? Yeah. So it's clearly just on my mind. Um, Alan but... Cumming and Nicholas Cage star in Goalkeeper Cops. Track in a world where it's tracking down uh, goal. Goalkeepers who were getting up to crime and mischief. So, like, you could do an episode on Mark Bosnich. Uh, an episode. That fumble at the end of the game yesterday. Yeah. What was Yacob that about? Oh, it looked yeah. like it was going in, and then he just. No, it's cool. I thought it was a tribute to Jakob Halgard myself. Uh, <laughs> oh. Yeah, I like the kit. So I, I was going to get the home one yesterday because I haven't had a home shirt in a while I'm, I'm sort of mm. okay with the away shirt I get why people like it but um, I don't think it's totally for me agree about the uh, training tops looking nice but yeah I was going to get the home shirt yesterday but I was sidetracked by Delilah's Bar which I was delighted to discover was open after the match and we all had a lovely drink in Delilah's <laughs> so that was nice uh, picture of Jossaloo on the wall in Delilah's Bar there is, there is. isn't that amazing all the legends covered all of them. <laughs> oh dear me! Yeah, Shakiri. There's a picture of him still up. Yeah, a lovely plaque saying we're the founder members of the football league on the stairs. Yeah, yeah, yeah enjoyed yeah. that. There's going to be an, another blue plaque uh, going up there saying oldest football league club. Uh, brackets. Fuck you, Nottingham Forest. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, and nothing oh, about hey. Forest being the oldest club until this week. <laughs> Get a life, Forest. Um, shall we do yes. some end of season awards? I'm Ricardo Fuller, and you're listening to the Wizard of Driven podcast. We'll be good. So, uh, end of season awards time. Jack Butland got the Stoke City Player of the Season award uh, on the pitch at some point 
before yesterday's game. Uh, Tony, what did you make of Jack getting it and who would your choice be? I'm not against him getting it. I think he's had a solid season and I think last couple of seasons in the Premier League he had some shaky moments which he's been more consistent and more solid probably this season but he probably also wouldn't have necessarily been my first choice I don't think I think that would probably have been a Tabo an honourable mention for uh, Tom Edwards You in agreement Chris? Yeah, yeah, I think so. I mean, I think it's difficult one to pick a player of the season, mainly because I don't think anyone has been consistently amazing throughout the entire season. I think, like, even last year when we got relegated, if you'd looked at uh, Shakiri, Shakiri was clearly our standout player. This year, I don't feel like that's the case. Um, but, you know, there have been players who've been very strong. The second half of the season for Atebo has been, been wonderful. Tom Edwards has been been great although i will probably admit there is a level of sentimentality in that uh choice uh but butland oh it just carries on the tradition of us giving it to goalies doesn't it really it's, it's we, better we than giving it that. to Potmus. <laughs> yeah uh, I, I, there were points in the season where i did worry that the fans would be our player of the season and we'd be oh, mocked no. relentlessly for it yeah Atebo probably would be my choice as well if uh, for no other reason than I think Etebo's high points have been significantly higher than the other players who've been uh, touted for pair of the season. I think uh, Allen and Butland have been completely fine and they've been probably very consistent over the course of the season, but I don't think either of them is has had maybe the influence we hoped they would. That's probably very harsh in Jack Butland's case, but I don't think Allen necessarily has has shone as brightly as we hoped he would having moved down the level uh, there have been some games where I think he's been uh, lacking Edwards as you say would probably that would probably have been maybe a bit too sentimental that that sounds harsh I think he certainly had a really good last half of the season and had that mm. been replicated over the whole season then he'd have walked away with it and rightly so but I'm yeah, I, w- I would say Atebo slightly more consistent over the season, slightly uh, more influential performances. Uh, actually, speaking of influential performances, uh, I've just discussed with you guys uh, off-air, if you like, the uh, Sentinels uh, table of Stoke players' points per performance, which kind of ranks uh, Stoke players from best to worst in terms of how many points we've earned when they've started and Cuco Martina uh, ran away with that one uh, Bojan was up there Charlie Adam was up there, Saido Berahino was up there, so all sorts of agendas being served uh, James McLean actually quite far down for a man with 32 appearances so so that was worrying um, mm. do you think did we misjudge Martina? Did we, how, were we maybe a bit harsh on him? No. No. Good. No, he wasn't good. very good. <laughs> Excellent. Yeah. I'm glad we can all agree. <laughs> uh, he he was he was a lucky uh, he, it's more a case of 
he was there at a correct period of time rather than he had the influence to mean that we were a very, very good team. I, I was not impressed by him at all. <laughs> uh, no. Uh, Young Player of the Year, uh, quite unanimously, uh, Tom Edwards, uh, considering we're talking about him in terms of uh, Player of the Season. Um but if you're looking at maybe someone as a kind of rookie of the year, someone who didn't play in the Premier League last season for us or did start in the Premier League last season for us, uh, then what of the other kind of recent uh, youth prospects have maybe caught your eye? <laughs> I suppose um, Valinden. Valinden's had a decent season in terms of he's uh, he's managed to break in um, although no, I would shout for had? Campbell because although he didn't play very many games when he when he did play particularly against Shrewsbury before they then took him he, he, he really did look a prospect mm. which is exciting <laughs> can we yeah can we can we have players who who've had a good season elsewhere but are technically our players yeah well, can we can we give that? Well, okay, we'll Eric give it Peters to Peters might then. be in for a shout for the other one then because he's <laughs> quite good, I think. Yeah, Harry Suter as well, dude, yeah. uh, doing very well. Yeah. at Fleetwood Town, uh, but yeah, um, a young players such a cut and dried one. I'm kind of like thinking of alternative ways to to word young player of the season. So uh, yeah, Tom Edwards clearly, although like Peter Tabo's 23, so it very much depends on your definition of young player I mean if you work for the FA then it's anyone up to the age of 32 Charlie Adam so <laughs> Charlie Adam very yeah Charlie Adam young player of the year yeah because he because he looks it doesn't he? he looks like a young <laughs> man um, <laughs> goal of the season a not a hotly contested one I know there's a lot to choose from but there have been just so many uh, free-flowing moves <laughs> that end it with a six-yard tap in that uh, <laughs> Punts from distance don't really tend to get a look in. Uh, Chris, what what are your thoughts uh, with regards to goal of the season? Um, I mean the the one that really comes to mind is the Tom Edwards low strike um, the other week. That I suppose that again that's a sentiment, sentimentality as well. What it what it means in terms of going forward, his first goal for the club and all that type of thing. Um, that was a. It was, that was a nice goal. Um, I liked the goal yesterday, the first one, the half folly. But I spoke, li- I waxed lyrically about the um, Darren Fletcher goal from earlier in the season, uh, which was against Bristol or Forest or some team who played in red. And the the one where he hit it, controlled it, and then like woofed it in, and it made that <laughs> clink sound. That is really nice. Um, you forget that we yeah, won at Bristol are, City, <laughs> don't you? It's like you do. We beat a, a good team. Ago, you, for, you forget we won at Norwich. Yeah, yeah. we like, took four like, points off Norwich. We took at least two off Sheffield United. Uh, yeah, um, pissed out. Goals wise, I didn't come up with that much. I was struggling. I wanted to give a shout out to the Ashley Hayes goal against Bolton, which is a screamer. Um, I think the the goal of the season for the ladies team has actually just gone up on their Facebook site it's, it's going up tonight so that's definitely worth a look on there um, the Huddersfield own goal was amazing that was probably a high point of the season 
Um, and Eric Peters' goal against West Brom, where he took it just on the touchline and then rolled his foot over it in a very un-Eric-like moment of class and then just rifled it in the top bin, as they like to say on the television. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Uh, Peters had a, had a couple of uh, screamers at the start of this season. Yeah. He also scored a, a beauty against Preston as well. Uh, I like Chris's shout for Tom Edwards' goal against Norwich for the kind of the sentiment and the joy of it. Definitely one of the most <laughs> joyous Stoke goals there's there's been yeah. uh, in a long time. I think for just the technique of it, uh, I mean, Vokes' yesterday was excellent, but Tom Ince's against Reading was uh, absolutely superb. Uh, yeah, I, I, was, I was racking my brain trying to think of goals have scored from any kind of a distance at all. I remember that Joe Allen scored a free kick against Sheffield United this season, <laughs> which is something that you know we've kind of blocked out of our memory some of these games. Um, I am just watching the SCFC ladies uh, goal of the uh, season compilation. And, oh my word, that is fantastic. Yeah, that, <laughs> that, that is the Ashley Hayes goal against Bolton Wanderers. Uh, and I think that's put... Uh, most of our goals this season to shame. Um, uh, a few kind of other awards to run through then quickly. Uh, underrated player of the season. So is there maybe someone who isn't really been involved in the player of the season uh, running that you think maybe deserves a bit more credit? Bojan. <laughs> <laughs> that's, I mean, that's the agenda, isn't it? Um, I think... Danny Bart has come in and been very, very decent. And whilst it probably would be, I think, as you said, maybe off air, Dave, that it might be unfair to uh, give it him the player of the season because he's only been here for a, for a few months. Um, he's certainly come in, and I feel we look a heck of a lot better, and the players around him look a lot better. Mm. Um, so, if it, if you could do an award for underrated, but also most. Uh, influential maybe he could get that yeah uh, I, I completely agree with uh, Bart's influence being uh, tremendous this season uh, my kind of big thought for underrated player was uh, Ryan Shawcross who mm. uh, after okay. the signing of Bart and after the signing of William still kept his place pretty much all the time at the heart of the defence there were very serious doubts about him at the start of the season I think particularly under Gary Rowett where uh, we were kind of a bit panicky at the back at the start of the season and I was very concerned about Shawcross's future at the club and as a captain. Um, I think in recent weeks he's been pretty tremendous and uh, yesterday it was lovely to see him score and I thought, also thought, um, I mean you can probably read too much into things like celebrations but it was lovely to see how uh, pleased his teammates were for him because... I hear a lot of complaints about Shawcross, like, oh, he's not a leader, you don't see him do this and that on the pitch, which is sometimes, I think, maybe justified. But I think I think there's a reason he's been captain for so long with the various characters we've had in the dressing room over the past 10 years or so. I, 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 I find it very hard to listen to criticisms of Ryan Shawcross because he's been here so long and been such a important player for us. But I think maybe... Uh, a few more nods should be uh, pointed in their direction of Ryan Shawcross because uh, I think he'll he'll still be an important part of the club next season and I'm, I'm looking forward to that. 
so now it comes to the important uh, awards. Uh, best nil-nil draw of the season. <laughs> I um, I mean, in, oh interpret best however you'd like. I, I was struggling with this, but I spoke to my good lady, Dr. Her Indoors, um, and she said, well, just go through your Facebook messages to me and search for good game, though. And then that'll give you the answer. <laughs> and it turns out it was it was Middlesbrough nil nil where we took a point off Tony Pulis. Oh, okay. okay. And okay. apparently, Chris... just afterwards, I thought it was a good game though. Oh, <laughs> nice. Why not? What about you, Chris? Yeah. Um, oh God, I've tried to. I've, I think I've put them all to the back <laughs> of my mind. Um, I'm gonna go with our. Nil-nil away to Derby, purely because Derby didn't take. Uh, Derby took one point <laughs> off us this year, and they came with the little snakes to the home <laughs> game, didn't they? And then they were like, "Oh, we're on our way up," and we were in a bit of a bad time at the away game. And I genuinely thought we were gonna probably lose, and I wasn't gonna cope to losing to mm. Frank Lampard's Derby County. But actually. It was a decent point, that, so Dar- I'm going to go Derby away. Yes, that's a, a decent shout. I thought the uh, nil-nil at Bolton, purely because it got rid of Gary uh, Rower, or at least uh, started that road, uh, the uh, the Bolton game where he was like dead RC after the game and stuff. Mm. Uh, the nil-nil draw at Millwall uh, recently was uh, a lot better, I thought. And I think, was it Sheffield Wednesday? Uh, at home, which was kind of a much more yeah. complete oh, yeah. performance for, from us. Oh, was that the game Bojan played in? Because that might be... Uh, yeah, Bojan had a good game. I think, and yeah. I think that might be playing on my mind. Um, <laughs> Your mind. <laughs> no, I seem to remember we battered him and just didn't score. Yeah. Oh, and the game before uh, was Reading uh, 0-0 and that uh, Thibaut Verlinden's debut, and that was quite exciting for that reason. Uh, best one-one draw of the season. <laughs> there's, I think there's slightly fewer than nil-nil and two-two for some reason one-one draws, but uh, wasn't many. What? what, what... Um, I'm going to say the away game against uh, Sheffield United, purely because uh, we were there, and. Um, it was an absolutely rubbish game, but that Joe Allen free kick that went in, everyone just the little bit crazy after that. We the celebration was wonderful, so I'm going to go for that. For I vaguely reasons. remember we didn't deserve anything at all from that game, which is always <laughs> satisfying, isn't it? Um, I think <laughs> the first game against Shrewsbury was one-one, wasn't it? The, before, yeah. so that was our best result against them this season. Um, <laughs> yeah, Cr- yeah, Crouchy's last goal in a Stoke shirt. Oh. Uh, I think uh, for me, Aston Villa at home. It was the first Stoke goal for Sam Vokes. Oh, Hopefully, yeah. we're, in a few years' time, we look back and think of that as the first of the hundred uh, he got for <laughs> us. Um, and also for Jack Butland's really lovely uh, Gordon Banks shirt as well. That, uh, oh yeah. yeah. Uh, best two-two draw of the season. Best Desmond. <laughs> what what is your top There's Desmond? Been a few of these. Him away. Bojan scored. Yes. We've had two entertaining yeah. two-all draws with Rotherham. It's a shame to see him yeah. go, really, isn't it? 
Mm. <laughs> yeah. But we'll re- it's okay. For us Yorkshire folk, it's okay, though, because Barnsley are coming up. So we've replaced one South Yorkshire team And maybe, team hopefully, with Doncaster. Ah, it'd be wonderful for, yes. for you and I, it'd be Tony. marvellous. But, Sorry, Dave. Well, well I... Uh, I, I don't mm. don't oh, want to no. get it, it, it could don't want to get too uh, <laughs> in the life of David Callishaw, but I'm I might be Yorkshire bound next season. I might be I might be one of you Yorkshire scum. <laughs> I'm betraying my Lancastrian roots, but yeah, uh, potentially exciting uh, for podcast things coming live from Yorkshire, moving further and further away from the life. potteries. Um, <laughs> Uh, yeah, Rotherham, a good shout. Um, you, you do realise that also Sheffield United have gone up. Leeds might also go up. So the Yorkshire teams no. might be decimated. But again, Huddersfield oh. coming down. Swings and balances. That's the good Bra- thing about Yorkshire. Bramall Lane. so many teams. You're bound to have at least six in your league. Bramall Lane is horrible, though, to sit in. There's no space oh, for your God, legs is, at all. Yeah. So they're, they're fine. Mm, they can go. No. <laughs> uh, yeah, Rotherham a great shot for best two two draw uh, for for that lovely winner. Norwich, great fun. Sheffield United, great fun. Sheffield Wednesday, horrible because we were tuna up and uh, cocked it up. <laughs> but yeah, uh, at least some of these draws have been in some way entertaining. We we wouldn't want us to think it's been entirely boring this season. Um, <laughs> Best penalty miss of the season. Oh God! Um, <laughs> define again. Define best, however you want. I genuinely can't even think how many we've had and so where many. we. Which games have been which? <laughs> yeah, I can't remember yeah. the game, but Bojan missed one, so that was probably the best mm, because oh. it was just the nicest to look at, like a Rolls Royce of a missed <laughs> penalty. <laughs> and uh, and that one at least did come in a Stoke victory, so that is probably the correct answer. <laughs> uh, for for me, uh, Sam Vokes is missed because I think it was his debut, and you know uh, it takes a lot of time for strikers to get used to how things work at Stoke, <laughs> and you're worried are they going to hit the ground running? But to see Sam Vokes pick up on the values and the identity of Stoke City Football Club so quickly, I think that was just really really pleasing. So that was my choice. Uh, any kind of <laughs> what? What was your favourite moment of this season? What was your best thing? Because uh, let's kind of end on a high note with Stoke, shall we? Best thing of the season. Um, oh God, <laughs> it's not really been a season of too many, too many high points, has it? Really. Um, Oh man, you're gonna Tony. I hope you've got something because I'm gonna. Have to think. I can give you every Nathan Jones press conference. Yeah, I could listen to them. Well, I will listen to them for the next eight weeks or more. Um, Nello got the British Empire medal. Oh, that was nice. Hmm. Um, I think I don't know. I I feel quite positive about it. The last few weeks of the season, the last few months even since Jones has come in I think it's, I think the whole Jones project is my high point of this season, hopefully it will be the high point of next season and the season beyond So so hope is the uh, standout moment Not expectation hope. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, but hope yeah. Yes. which isn't something I deal in a lot 
Yeah, uh, I like I... the Derby game with the snakes. Obviously, fantastic. <laughs> the the, uh, the actually the best moment of the season was the announcement at that Derby game that the A five hundred was yeah. closed due to roadworks and yes. Derby fan A fifty. Uh, yeah, don't don't <laughs> don't start the uh, don't start us down our lack of Stoke geography knowledge. Um, <laughs> but yeah, and in fact, the the best moment of this podcast was the your Stoke on Trent quiz, Tony, oh. realizing just how much of a fraud <laughs> I am. Uh, obviously, Leeds win also fantastic, a uh, lot of fun. There's so many kind of worst moments. We're not even going to bother. Uh, we'll quickly run through some correspondence and then say goodbye um jace on the wizards of dribble uh, stoke chat group said the f- uh the fact jones drills home change and overhauls in every press conference is giving me hope we're actually going to do it rather than it just being talk reinforced by fletcher and adam departing too i i don't think there's a single manager uh, this vocal about a complete restructure being needed and uh, we kind of put some questions out earlier on social media asking uh, what your priorities are in the tra- transfer window uh, and what you expect us to do next season. So feel free to continue uh, with your kind of transfer and expectations thoughts mm-hmm. throughout the summer as we do podcasts. Uh, one comment on Instagram says we'll, we need to push for the playoffs by a left-back goalkeeper and central midfielder, uh, whereas... Uh, Alfie says uh, should be looking to finish in the playoffs but hopefully uh, go on higher whereas Tom is kind of more cautious with a top 10 hopefully priority has to be progressing the youngsters that will set us up for the future without spending a ton of money mm-hmm. um, yeah I, I, I think I said after the game I, I'm like I think I'd settle for 10th next season obviously this is before the summer where things can change rapidly uh, but kind of 10th would signal to me a bit of progress. If we can do that while playing some attractive football, then I think everyone will be fully on board with yeah. the process uh, and the ethos <laughs> and the, the working classness uh, and all that business. So, um, yeah, I think that's it from us. We've definitely waffled on too long and I want to watch this Man City game. So uh, just a kind of announcement uh, as we end the podcast uh, for the season we are going to be doing stuff over the uh, summer break we are going to be doing more podcasts uh, as and when we can we can't kind of commit to a weekly one due to stuff going on but uh, starting next week is the actual proper series ladies and gentlemen of a potted history uh, in which uh, in 10 episodes we run through the history of Stoke City Football Club. If you'll remember back in November, we sort of did a pilot episode on Stoke City during the World Wars. And now this time I'm kind of committing myself to doing the 10 part series starting in 1863 <laughs> uh, or 1868 if you're a Forest fan. Uh, <laughs> but that, that'll be an interesting episode anyway, which will be hopefully out next week uh, talking about that kind of controversial <laughs> 1863 question. And a hell of a lot more besides. Uh, it's got to be kind of... I'm going to put a lot of effort into it, if nothing else. So hopefully uh, you enjoy that. And as I say, doing a lot more wizard stuff. We're going to be trying for 
interviews and if you remember last summer was the summer where we got uh, Ricardo Fuller for episode 100 and then Liam Lawrence so we'll be trying for kind of big interviews like that uh, as well as kind of whatever content comes into our little heads we'll be doing stuff on the blogs uh, and we'll be doing stuff on Patreon as well uh, God willing hashtag pod willing uh, pod willing everything will be good and fine so if you want to support us in that beer52.com forward slash wizards to get some uh, free beer on us or patreon.com forward slash wizards of dribble uh, to, to help us out kind of financially as we just kind of throw our our souls our hearts our minds mm-hmm. everything into this process that we call podcasting uh, it's been a shit season on the pitch but thank you very much for supporting the podcast this year it's meant the world to me as it always does thank you chris thank you very much dave have a nice summer although i will be seeing you thank you tony thanks dave well played good season terrific (laughs) we go again go on boys go on stoke lovely well done